All right, folks, welcome on into another edition of the High School Huddle, one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Fellman. He is Carl Jones. Carl, we are back from a little one-week hiatus thanks to the Bills' Thursday night game, but we have picked right back up into really the heart of the Section 5 fall sports season. Uh, soccer, field hockey, you know, all the other sports, a lot of the sports have wrapped up their sectional championships Volleyball coming uh, today and on Saturday. Football, we are in for a great semifinals. A lot of all of the favorites won, so we're in for a real treat. And we're, we're just really going to dive right into it. We got a great show coming up, Carl. No, yeah, I can't wait. You know, soccer gave us a little tease. You know, volleyball doing everything this weekend. Football, like you said, got some good matchups. It's getting to that time of year where y'all going to hear me complain about the weather, but it is what it is. This Y'all signed up for it if y'all listening to us or watching us. But regardless, though, it's fun. I was just uh, at all these games. You talk to the ads, and they're like, "It's fun, but it's stressful." And I'm like, "I hear you, my man. I hear you." But nonetheless, though, just for the kids' aspect and from their perspective, I can't wait. Yeah, and I feel like I keep seeing the same ads over and over again. A lot of these schools, uh, you know, uh, diversified sectional success this year. So you know, you got your Pittsburghs going a lot of championships. Aquinas is going a lot of championships this year. You know, things of that nature. So. Uh, it's really heating up. Like you said, the weather finally taking a turn for the worst, which is why I think I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. I think, you know, a good portion of the population is coming down with a little bit of something lately. But we power on, we persevere, because as we say, no one is 100% this time of the year. Uh, we're going to start into the show with our football preview. Sectional semifinals are coming up for Class AA, all the way down to eight men who are actually in their championship game. But we'll start right at the top with Class AA, start previewing these semifinals, where first off, we have got really all around in these top four brackets, and really everywhere, just great matchups, great rivalries. Like, if you could pin, you know, if you could build these schedules to make the most enticing matchups possible for these semifinals, I think you would come up with these four matchups that we've got in uh, the two tops uh, rankings. We'll start with uh, Hilton against U-Prep. We'll go uh, to the 2-3 matchup to start off. Hilton coming off of a 31-14 win against Fairport. U-Prep taking down Penfield 33-7. Um, Carl, you were at this regular season game when these two teams met up. It was Hilton coming up with the upset win 24-7, taking down U-Prep, handing them their only loss of the year. You're also at U prep Penfield game, uh, this the semi, uh, the quarterfinal game. So, first, kind of just give me a read on this game as we uh, we walk into this Friday night showdown. Yeah, I'm really interested to see if can you prep figure out different ways to move the ball because they couldn't really against you prep. First half against Penfield, uh, was a little weird because they only had two or three possessions, I believe. Penfield really played a ball control uh, style offense. So I just want to see if they can diversify their offense a little bit. I know it's late in the year, so it's kind of hard to do that. But just be a little more efficient, you know, execute, as the Bills like to say, uh, over the past month or so. But, um, I, I mean, last time they met up, Hilton really didn't do a lot of things different. They just got a, a timely pick six to start the game off. And then they executed when they needed to in the red zone when they got down there. So styles make fights. You know, one team is, you know, throwing it all over the yard and really, like, really athletic on the perimeter while Hilton – ground and pound, hit you in the mouth. Maybe not the most exciting style of ball, but a win is a win, right? So we always say on this show, styles make fights, and this is going to be one of those heavyweight matchups where it's going to be like whose strength is going to come out on top. Yeah, and you talk about the ball control that Penfield tried to do to you prep. 
You want to talk about a team that can do that to a T, it is the Hilton Cadets. I'm sure they're going to try and, uh, you know, roll out a similar strategy to take down uh, UPREP. Um, obviously, we have to mention Robert Lowry from Hilton left the quarterfinal game against Fairport. He left in the first quarter, left with a shoulder injury. Um, I was at that game. Uh, you know, Lowry is the type of kid. He takes a lot of, a lot of beating. He plays a lot of snaps. We've talked about it before on the show. It looks like he's damn near dead on the ground. And then he gets back up and he has an electric 20 yard run. So very resilient, uh, but he was not able to bounce back from this hit. It was a shoulder injury. You know, they were looking at him on the sidelines. They instantly took off his shoulder pads and they started, you know, examining him. He left the, 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 the facilities in the second quarter, I would assume to, to go get it looked at, you know, maybe get some, you know, test done or something, but either way, he, he did not stick around for the finish of that game. Uh, the Democrat and Chronicle, uh, in their preview article says it's, it's kind of a game time decision thing, according to their head coach, uh, Rich Lapani. I don't know how much I buy that. You know, you leave a game with a shoulder injury that suddenly, you know, it might have to be the JJ DiBattisto show again. He really stepped up when Lowry went down. He had 33 carries for 217 yards and four touchdowns. So the Hilton machine stops for no one with that offensive line. And it's really going to be tough if they do that without. Robert Lowry, because A, obviously your most important offensive player, but B, one of, if not your best defensive players as well, playing, you know, in the secondary. And like you mentioned, you probably has a lot of talented guys on the outside. They're athletic. They can, they can pass the ball. That's going to be a big loss in the secondary as well for Hilton. If, if he is not able to play. Yeah. I mean, just for, as a football fan perspective, I would love to see him out there. Two way guys, those guys, uh, who excel on both sides aren't, you know, too common. Obviously, a lot of guys go both ways, but when they're really good on both sides of the ball, especially in a matchup, like you said, with you prep, where a cornerback is definitely <laughs> going to be needed because, um, you know, it's going to be check fade all day if they can figure out a matchup that they like on the perimeter. So, yeah, I hope my man is able to figure it out there and, uh, and get on the field. If he got if he if he need any tips on how to figure out how to get, uh, figure out how to get there, holla at your boy. I, 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 we we figured out some some stuff back in the day. All right. Uh, we will not get into that for, uh, for you know, the, the safety of everybody else. We don't want to reveal any secrets on the show, uh, legal or illegal. Uh, we will go to uh, the 1-4 matchup in Class AA next. McQuay taking on Aquinas. Obviously, you don't need to dress this game up too much more. It's a rivalry matchup. These two teams do not like each other. These fan bases do not like each other. And they played literally right down to the wire in the regular season matchup. Um. 14 to 13 McQuaid won. Uh, it was the second straight week. The McQuaid won at the buzzer. This time it was them stopping a two point conversion. Aquinas drove down for the win, scored on a fourth down crazy play. And uh, you know, it was Trent Buttles and Thomas Levins catching that touchdown there. They try and go for two play got uh, blown up. Couldn't get it done to advance to the semifinal game. It was uh, McQuaid winning 48 to 14. It was Aquinas taking down Pittsburgh 24 to 10. McQuaid kind of just took care of business against a, uh, you know, a less talented Rush Henrietta squad. However, they played this game with no Will DeMarco. Uh, they played with no John Harding either, their top quarterback and running back. Uh, I was talking to primetime uh, on the sidelines of a previous game. I think that they have hopes that both of them can come back. So, you know, you want to see that so both of those stars can play. And then I was at the Pittsburgh game where Aquinas took him down. This game was close. It was... You know, Pittsburgh had a lead in the third quarter. They took a, a field goal to go up 10-7. 
And then, uh, you know, Aquinas got two touchdowns and a field goal to win that 24-10. Darian Battle, once again, leading the way for Aquinas on offense. 32 carries for 262 yards and a touchdown. Trent Buttles, the freshman, once again, you know, having some nice plays uh, for them. And Thomas Levins, the receiver, setting up that big touchdown. Uh, an emotional game for him. Uh, you know, the team playing for him. Uh, his mother uh, uh, passing away in the previous week. So an emotional victory for him. But this is just going to be a great game, Carl. You know, two teams that obviously have a lot of history together. And this is going to be, you know, probably the game everybody's got circled on their uh, their calendars this weekend. Yeah, I think these two teams, the themes of them are also kind of unique as well. Early on in the year, kind of wrote Aquinas, like, left for dead to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Really, really young. Started off slow. Like, uh-oh. The little Irish are going to be down this year. New coach on the Mo Jackson. Rebuilding some things. And then around mid-year, they started to hit a little rhythm and they've been clicking ever since. And then on the other hand, McQuaid, you lose your quarterback, your running back. Well, DeMarco's been out for a couple of weeks, I believe, or he's been hampered, excuse me, for, for a little bit now. So it's just like, uh-oh, like can McQuaid still function without that? And I know it was round one against the 1-8 seed matchup, but they still were humming on all cylinders. I mean, they returned a punt back for a touchdown. They ain't got nothing to do with a quarterback or a <laughs> running back, right? So that that is kind of cool how both teams are still figuring out ways to excel despite uh, some of the – hurdles they had to overcome early on in the year Trent Buttles young freshman quarterback welcome to the uh to the real deal man it's playoffs now playoff time I gave you your love on our broadcast and it's a great opportunity to kind of stamp yourself in a rivalry right because I mean this isn't just like you know a playoff game this is bragging rights this is why did you go to that school let me I'm gonna show you why I went to this one you picked the wrong one you know all that good type of stuff so these uh th these this is just more than a playoff game this is bragging rights on the line which to these kids that might be more important to be honest yeah, and we do have to mention that McQuaid did win that regular season matchup without uh, Will DeMarco in the lineup. John Harding did play for, the, for I believe, the first three quarters, but they still were able to get it done in the regular season without their starting quarterback. And obviously, other than the injuries, I think the other big X factor, kind of what you alluded to, uh, you know, the pedigree of McQuaid, they've won four straight sectional titles, so they've got that playoff experience. They're seasoned. They've been here before. Aquinas... You know, last year, most a lot of these guys were playing on JV. A lot of these guys were, you know, eighth graders, uh, many of them. So uh, a real disparity in, you know, experience level, which, you know, as we all know, can really uh, make a, a difference, especially at the, at the high school level here, Carl. Yeah. like All these games are fun. All of them, for sure. But I'm really, really locked into this one, man. Not for a litany of reasons, man, like you just brought up. And I can't wait to see how this one turns out. And I believe uh, Carl will be at this game. He will also be at uh, certainly the premier matchup of the Class A schedule. We'll go right to it. Canadagua taking on East. You know, these teams have met uh, three out of the last four years in the sectional playoffs. Canadagua winning all of those games. They met in the regular season. It was East getting the victory. Uh, you know, a last-second touchdown. They drove down the field for the game-winning score with a minute to go. You know, after they suffered the big comeback. But these are two schools where, you know, it's always going to be a great, great game. It's always going to be close. It's always going to be interesting. You know, East is just waiting to get this monkey off their back. Finally take down Canadagua in the regular season or in the in the postseason. Excuse me. They've done the regular season. They've done the regular season the past two years. But last year, it didn't mean squat as the rain came down and Canadagua just had, you know, the style to win that fight. They won 28-6 in the regular season. You know, Canadagua was starting to find a groove on offense a little bit. 
It's basically Trey Kamala who's doing it all in the box score for him. He had 20 carries for 177 yards and four touchdowns in this one. So they they dispatched of Arcadia 54 to 28. And then East had a had a big fight against Schra- or, uh, Schrader. They they were tied in the fourth quarter. Carly were at that game, but East able to to come out with the victory there. Yeah, whenever East has the ball, uh, I mean, I feel like they more often than not can move down the field. It's just some of the the minute details, whether it's a penalty, um, uh, just a, mi- a small overthrow, stuff of that regard. So I do think this is going to be another shootout like it was in the regular season where it was 31-27 as Amir um, let them down the field for the game-winning drive. Uh, now, because Canadagua, you know, you said Trey Camella. I know they got Drew Willemy back there at quarterback. Like we said early on in the year, man, they, they, Canadagua, they ain't looking like, they, they look like the old Canadagua. And then all of a sudden, it's November 2nd, and here they are in the sectional semifinals. So um, I, for my money, this is going to be high scoring again. I think the first team to 30 has the best chance to win. Um, but yeah, I mean, Canada would put up 54 last week. I know it was an opening round matchup, but I mean, I don't think they were doing that all regular season to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, when Canada, yeah. when Arcadia played in, in the regular season, Canada mm-hmm. won seven to six. So clearly Canada mm-hmm. has been figuring out something on offense lately. And I think, mm-hmm. I think another thing to watch for in this game, I was talking to a, you know, prime time, um, on the sidelines, the fact that East had a little bit of trouble closing that game out, you know, um, they're, they're a team that throws the ball around a lot. So obviously it's a great way to score some points, but it's not the most uh, prolific way to run out a clock um, against a team like Schrader who can, who is never out of it. So uh, this should be a good matchup car. I can't wait, you know, because Canada, we're not really like the, they're not like, for example, if you want to talk about watchability and don't get it twisted, cadets fans don't care what I have to say. Well, they're not, they're not, was, they're not cadets. They're not nothing anymore. Yeah. You know, you they, they got some a little, little pizzazz to them. I love watching Robert Lowry play. My man can go for seven yards and he play, but it's really follow the guard and just get five yards every play. Canada, we can move the ball a little bit and make it a little exciting. So this one should be exciting for sure over there at East High School. Okay, gotcha. You were talking about Hilton there. Sorry, I uh, didn't understand you there. However, I did just read uh, in the DNC there, they will be picking a new candidate with nickname uh, on Friday. So we'll have that for Friday's show. I have a strong feeling they're going to pick the no nickname option. So it might be a little anticlimactic, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then moving on to class A, Victor versus Brighton in uh, our final semifinal matchup of the, the big two classes. Victor moving on with a 28 to 14 win over Churchville. Chilai Brighton taking down Ironicoit 15 to 13. These two teams did meet in the regular season. It was a 21 to 14 regular season uh, victory for the Blue Devils over Brighton. Victor still undefeated. Uh, that game against Churchville Chilai, uh, you know, a sloppy game in the first half. There were a lot of interceptions. Uh, I think there were some fumbles in there too. Uh, it was seven to seven at the half. And then Victor finally found their mojo in the second half. Adam Ruffalo finishing with three rushing or three receiving touchdowns in that game to lead the way for the Blue Devils. On Brighton's side of it, they led with their their ground game as they always do. 27 carries for 126 yards for Gavin Parks. And then Brighton with a slow, methodical game-winning drive where it's uh, led with a game-winning field goal for Brighton to put it away. Yeah. That one's also kind of kind of cool. That story right there. The backup holder, whose name I don't have right now, but also the kicker, Brady Hopkins, backup kicker as well. Apparently, the kicker got hurt earlier in the game. So the fact they got two kickers in high school that can go fifty three yards, forty three yards, excuse me, it's kind of cool. And the game kick wasn't really close either. Like he, it was money. So shout out to the Bruins. 
forget, uh, forgetting that win last week. I'll say this one for this Victor Brighton matchup. Both teams better bring their shoulder pads because these two teams can run the ball. Boy, I mean, Gavin Parks and Tyler Martinovich, and you got Dre Yamas on the other side for the Blue Devils, Adam Ruffalo as well. These two teams, they, look, every single play, those linebackers better be locked in, keyed in, safeties too, linemen, because it's going to be physical. And I'm sure that's how these two programs want it. Um, uh, the regular season game was a, a, a hell of a game as well. I can't wait. I won't be at it, I don't think, based off what you've been telling me. But I do know that if they, like, mic'd up one of the players, all you're just going to hear is, is pads popping. And that's what's always fun this time of year for football. Yeah, and that regular season score of 21-14 probably sounds about right because I don't think you're going to get a lot of possessions in this game. You know, a lot of running the ball. Uh, both these two teams have really strong defenses, so it uh, should be a good way to close out uh, the Class A schedule on our preview here. Uh, we're going to take a quick look at all the other matchups here. We'll go to Class B, uh, Monroe and Wayne in the first semifinal. Obviously, Monroe, a heavy favorite. They uh, have only given up one touchdown all year. They have scored more than one touchdown, many, many more than one touchdown in every game they've played. So um, they will most likely get either Batavia or HFL. You know, these two teams played tight in the regular season. HFL winning by a touchdown. Carl, you were at that game. And, you know... Either Batavia or HFL are going to be underdogs in that semi in that check sectional championship game, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. It becomes close because both those two teams are, you know, they're proud, respective programs. They've been to these big games before. So uh, certainly still a semifinal matchup. You've got to keep your eyes on. Yeah, and they got pride, you know, like, like you just said, they come from very, they come from, come from players before them who are hitting them up like, yo, this is, this is bigger than you. Right. So, yeah, this game is going to mean a lot. I know Monroe has kind of breezed through this entire year, like literally the entire season. Because uh, I think that last – the only touchdown they gave up was like in the fourth quarter of that HFL game. So, mm -hmm. it wasn't like that was the first drive of the game or something like that. But nonetheless, Latavia has gotten better as the year's going on. The year's going on. The Cougars almost started the year off 0-3, but took down the Blue Devils in that week three matchup. So, another chance for these two teams who have played each other so many times over the past few years to link up one more time in the sexual semifinals. In Class C, Leroy is taking on East Rochester, East Rochester Ganana in the 1-4 matchup. Leroy, obviously, ground and pound. Tony Piazza undefeated on the season so far here. They did not get stopped in their regular season matchup against ERG. You know, the Bombers, uh, Ben Newman, they can sling it around a little bit. They've got some talented players. Should be a good matchup there. And then in the 2-3 game, Attica Alexander versus Letchworth Warsaw Perry. The Blue Devils, the defending sectional champs in Class C. Letchworth Warsaw Perry, obviously always a strong program. They can run the ball really well. They play really good defense. So, um, you know, Class C has been one that we've watched all year. These two four, these four teams have uh, risen to the top throughout and should be a great sectional championship game matchup no matter what, especially the semifinal game, Leroy and ERG, which uh, could be a championship game in its own right. Yeah, we just got back from Class B where you're like, maybe, you know, HFL and Batavia can – do something with Monroe. No, these four teams are kind of tight in all in, in, in that respect. It's a very competitive classification. We figured that we would get these four uh, as we got to like probably midway through the year. So the fact that they're here says a lot about how strong these four teams are. Uh, and they all run the rock except for ERG. ERG can, but they like to uh, throw it around a little bit as well. So it, it, I know what the highlights going to look like. I'll just say that <laughs> when we when we get them, uh, whenever we uh, get these games. Moving on to Class D, uh, the only game uh, to feature any sort of an upset in the quarterfinal round, 
um, leading to a semifinal matchup of top-seeded York Pavilion versus number five, Notre Dame Batavia, who took down Oakfield, Alabama, Elba. And then a 2-3 matchup, you've got Ava versus Ken Steele-Greenwood. You know, this is a classification that was really rocked by the Bodie Hyde injury for the Aggies. Uh, you know, you figured OAE would kind of waltz to a title again, however, knocked out in the quarterfinals. And now you've got four teams who could really, you know, it's really kind of wide open here. Avon, Canisteo, Greenwood, and York Pavilion, they've all played in the regular season. They've all played really close games. Some of them they've even played multiple times. And then Notre Dame, Batavia coming off of a win in the, in the quarterfinal round. So maybe the most wide open semifinal game or round of semifinals where I don't know how much we know what's going to happen in these games. I know I don't. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm not going to sit up here and lie to y'all and act like I do. But it's funny how Cassio Greenwood, a former eight-man uh, program, OAE was another uh, eight-man, but losing Bodie Hyde just sucks, just point blank period. Mm-hmm. Getting to watch him a lot over the years. Um, didn't see the injury this year, but I know he was a really darn good uh, football player. Got all the accolades last postseason as well. So that definitely rocked this classification. But, hey, that's, the other teams really don't care about that, to put it, put it bluntly. And I'm excited for these smaller classifications to see who can come out on top and raise a brick. And then down to eight-man, the uh, the Tyson-Totten division, where Pembroke top seed is taking on Bolivar Richburg there in the championship game on Friday night at Sutherland. You know, Pembroke has rolled through this regular season so far. They really haven't played a close game thanks to Mr. Tyson-Totten. He's going to get one more waltz, uh, you know, in sectional play before they try and uh, – I believe they won it all last year in the uh, – you know, they don't have a state championship. It's like a, a regional championship. But I think I believe they won every single game they played last year. And uh, I'm going to be at that game. I'm really excited to see Mr. Tyson Totten in action once again. He good. He good. I saw him <laughs> week one against Red Jacket. Yeah, folks, he, he's pretty good. I don't like we've talked about him at nauseum. I don't care what classification that kid is in. Put him on Hilton. He running the rock. Put him Pittsburgh. What? That's a darn good football player, man. And Make sure y'all tune in Friday night for Football Frenzy because when y'all watch his highlights, y'all going to be like, oh, he all right now. That kid all right now. He kind of reminded me of Red Jack when I first got here where they had a couple of kids where you were like, hold on, like these kids ain't got no business being down here. Same thing with Mr. Tyson Todd, that, that kick and ball. Should be, should be a good one there. I'm looking forward to getting out to those highlights. So we will have all those matches for you on Football Frenzy. Uh, we'll also do our high school football rankings. Again, we'll update it in the article uh, on this website at rochesterfirst.com. But at this point, you know, you know, who really cares about the rankings? They're going to decide this out on the field. Uh, moving on to soccer action. All of our sectional championship games are in the books. Uh, we'll start off with boys soccer. This game was played uh, Friday night, so we were out doing our football uh Football thing, so we couldn't get out to it. But Fairport took down McQuaid one to nothing in the AAA championship game. Ryan Mathis with the game-winning goal early on in this one. AJ Nelson made a penalty kick save to secure the victory for the Red Raiders. In Class A, Aquinas, we've talked about them so much on this show. They rolled through once again, took down Sutherland two to one. Ali Shabani with uh, a goal in that one. They also scored on an own goal. But uh, a couple days ago, I believe it was Tuesday. The Class AA Championship, Churchfield Chile versus Spencerport. The Saints winning three to two in overtime. And Carl, you were at this game, and and that kind of led me in a little, little bit just how crazy this game was. Uh, why don't you tell the people everything that went down on this one? Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Spencerport was up two to one. Majority of the first half, uh, they were up two to one going into the half, and then they were 
the same that same score was there until about five minutes remaining. Um, preface this by saying, everyone at home, if I don't get the exact soccer lingo right, I'm, I didn't grow up playing soccer. I grew up playing football. Wink, wink. Right. Okay. Having said that, though, they got Spencerport got fouled right outside of the penalty box, so they thought they were about to get a free kick. Didn't didn't work out that way. They kicked it right right away, but it was supposed to be an indirect. Which for those at home, someone else has to kick it to the kid before he can shoot it. So Spencerport gets a goal. I'm shooting a goal. I'm like, oh, okay, they got a goal. Churchfield takes the ball out the net and throw it down the field. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? On the scoreboard is 3-1. The ref's still playing. No one knows what's going on. I'm confused. We all confused. Uh, the ball ended up going out of bounds, so it didn't matter at that point. And then about with a minute to play, 109 to be exact, Churchfield gets a PK, uh, gets a, not a PK. They get fouled inside the box. Another, indir uh, another indirect situation. Ball goes in, they score. But then they call off sides. And we like, oh, man, that's that's unfortunate, man. And then after like a five-minute talk, the refs was like, you know what? Go. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Spencerport tight. They hot. Like, they fans is irate. Players irate. No one know what's going on. Because at the time, no one knew what the call was. Like, no one knew that it was off sides. Peter didn't know if it was a handball, off sides. Refs just were mad. I don't know. And long story short, Churchville ended up tying it up, going into OT. And then Elijah Bailey hit a beautiful, like, 20-yarder um, and like in the, in the top right corner to seal the deal. So crazy game. I was freezing, but it was like, it was, it, I'm not going to lie. That last 20 minutes was fun to watch. And y'all need to go watch that on RochesterFirst.com because it was definitely fun. Thad Brown broke it down beautifully on air. Crazy, crazy, crazy game. Yeah, uh, sounds like it. Um, what a way to have a sexual chip. You know, it hates you hate to see the refs get so involved, but it sounds like they kind of had to get involved with all the craziness that was going on. So uh, congratulations to uh, Churchville Chile for winning uh, their first title in, what was it, like 1990, I think, something like that crazy? 1990. Yeah, that's a long time to go without a sectional title. Uh, so congrats to Churchville Chile. In the other classifications, uh, Hornell uh, took down Bishop Carney 3-1 to one in Class B. Byron Burgeon and Cuba Rushford-Hinsford, uh, or Hins Cuba Rushford-Hinsdale, both won sectional titles. Hinsdale, Hinsford, I forget which one it is. Um, it's Hinsdale. Hinsdale. Hinsdale, there we go. Uh, they took down, uh, they both won their sectional championship games. I'm sick, people. Give me a little break. Uh, Byron Burgeon then won the uh, the qualifier game. Uh, Jack Farner scored all four goals in that game, a 4-1 win. And then Fillmore took down Naples in uh, Class D. And girls soccer, Fairport took down Rush Henrietta in Class AAA. Andrea Wilson scoring in double overtime to get the Red Raiders a sectional title. I was at the Class AA and A championship games. It was Spencerport taking down Trader. The Ranger machine just keeps on chugging on. Lindsey Leonard, two goals and one assist. Both of them really highlight real goals. I mean, the second one... Uh, the second of hers, the third goal overall. It was tough to tell just even how impressive this goal was from my angle. You can see it more on Paul Gotham from Pink and Splinters' uh, view. It really is like, looks like it's going to be a, a you know, a, a cross in the box for a header. And then it just curves into the net. It, like, it was a pretty goal. So Spencer Board just keeps on chugging. And then Aquinas took down Sutherland 2-0. Uh, Sienna Falone and Jaden Deming both scoring goals for the Little Irish. That game, it was one nothing at the half. Aquinas was really applying all of the pressure. They had the wind at their backs. So, you know, they did their best to, to you know, to, to apply the pressure. Uh, Sutherland was hanging on. Their goalie was making a lot of saves. But uh, Aquinas eventually got the insurance goal late in that one. So, um, 
you know, Spencerport and Aquinas, both two teams that have really rolled through the regular season, and they did so again uh, in the championship games. That Lindsay Linhart goal, where she Linhart goal, excuse me, where she took on the team by herself. I'm like, whoa, hold on, that, that's not like no class double A stuff right here. That's you know, put that in the lower, you know, with the talent discrepancy is a little wider. That was cool, and when I had to call it on air, I was a little excited. I'm like, oh, wait, she she tough out here. Okay, so once once again, death taxes, Spencerport winning sectional titles. I mean, who could have guessed that back in there? Eight in a row. Doesn't Ooh, matter eight. if they're in A1, A2, AA, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and now they got to try and win a, a state title because they haven't done it since 2016. Obviously, they won a lot of sectional championship games since then. So they've had a lot of chances to get back to, to the top of the mountain. They're ranked number two in the state. We'll see how they go um, starting this Saturday in the Far West Regionals. And then the other girls soccer winners, Haverly in Class B, Holly in C1, who took down Byron Burgeon in C2 to move on to the state tournament, and then Fillmore in Class D, completing the uh, the Fillmore trifecta down there uh, in the lowest classification here in Section 5. Now we also got to quickly get to the field hockey matchups, which I was at on Monday night, which led to my cold. Thank you very much, field hockey ladies. Uh, you know, people always talk about building the dome for these for the Bills games. I need a dome for field hockey sectional championship games because even uh i went to look back to the 2020 film to um you know to, to figure out the last time you know some of these teams won a sectional championship game thad brown starts off his uh 2020 class a championship game highlight well let's go to the action alexa ross was very cold filming these games so every single year these field hockey games are just played in really bad weather. And uh, to um, earlier this week was no exception. We'll start with Class B. Menden and Sutherland, they've gone head-to-head -head in the last three sectional championship games in the, in the Class B bracket. Uh, Menden now has the 2-1 to lead as they won 2-1 to in double overtime. Ava Rice netting the game-winning goal. Menden scored an early goal in this one. They were up 1-0 for most of this game. Sutherland really did a good job of flipping the script in that fourth quarter. Obviously, you know, they're they're hungry for that game-tying goal. Menden's a little more, you know, uh, complacent to just sit back and play defense. But they did a really good job of forcing the pressure in that fourth quarter. Uh, Sutherland got the game-tying goal. And then in overtime... You know, Menon had their chances, um, you know, before they eventually ended up scoring the game-winning goal. But Sutherland uh, turned them aside. Um, some great goaltending play by, I believe it was Hazel Garcia. And then it was, uh, you know, Menden coming out with the winner, Ava Rice. Both of these teams, Carl, I, you know, I think, you've, I think you might have been in the championship game last year or, or two years, something like that. But these two teams, whenever they get together, uh, it's always a great showdown. And, and Menden coming out with the victory this time around. I'm happy you got goals. I'll yeah. say that. I, I know you was freezing, and I don't wish that upon nobody. You know how I am about the cold and, and rain and all that good type of stuff. Um, but Phil Hockey just ain't – it wasn't our, our best friend this year. I, I no, didn't get not. a goal in three games, maybe two or three. I don't know. And then you over here getting sick. Great game. Great, great, great game. But your body, you know, felt it afterwards. So I, I guess the Phil Hockey guys don't rock with News 8 this year. But don't worry. We'll be back next year and follow these young ladies for as far as they go in this in these uh, in this state tournament. Hazel Glazer, the Sutherland goalie, uh, for that one. Just want to get that name correct. Yeah, uh, luckily we had some goals in this one. And then in the Class A game, we had a lot of goals. Four to two, Thomas took down Penfield. 
Uh, Thomas lost in the championship game last year to Brighton. They got the dub this time around. Olivia Batani, a hat trick in the sectional championship game. Uh, congrats to uh, to Miss Batani. Um, she scored the first, the third, and the fourth goals for the Titans. Um, that last one really important as, you know, Penfield, they were down 3-0. They got two goals from uh, Michaela Mazurka, who scored both of them. Really just a standout player um, for uh, the Patriots just really, you know, started to take over that game when her team needed her most. But Batani had the answer, um, got that goal midway through the fourth quarter, maybe like seven or eight minutes left, and they were able to cruise from there. So uh, both of these teams have a great chance of going far in the state tournament. East Rochester is also in the state tournament as well, given that they are the only Class C school. So um, even though East Rochester did not have the greatest regular season nor playoff run, they will be in the far West regionals coming up this Saturday, which will be right here at Webster Thomas high school. So there's a good chance we can get out to at least one of those games. Uh, so congrats to all these teams for making it uh, as far as they did. Big ups. Okay. In that time of year, all the bricks getting handed out. I get excited. I'm not going to lie. Cause you can just feel the emotion. You can feel it from the parents behind you players on the field. That soccer game was crazy with all the sports. I know the same type of passion uh, is felt out there in the entire venue not just field but the, the, literally the parents behind you too <laughs> yeah and then for volleyball um these boys matchups are going to be tonight with the class b championships game uh the class b finals in class a it'll be fairport and webster on saturday and then girls volleyball all these games are going to be played on saturday really a lot of all the heavy hitters are left men in subtle and uh you know spencer port arondicoid um uh, Penfield versus Schrader. A lot of games that the News 8 sports team has particular attention on uh, coming up this Saturday. So volleyball should be a good one. And we will have those games for you on the schedule tonight. Uh, we'll, we should be getting out to both of those Class B championship games. Spencerport uh, looking to win once again and make a, another decent run to the state tournament. Volleyball sectional playoffs is, is lit. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, If anyone who's listening right now hasn't gone to, some, gone to one, I advise you to do so. And the student sections, they come out for these uh, for these playoff games. The the young ladies and young men, uh, young boys, excuse me, be going crazy. It'd be fun. I'm not going to lie. Because the one thing about volleyball, like, it's just the intensity, the handshakes, all the good positive reinforcements that they have in that sport in particular. All the other sports need to adopt that. All When you mess up in football, your teammate yell at you like you did. You just did the worst thing on the world. Volleyball, let's go. You got it. You got it. So y'all go ahead and check out these games this weekend. It's fun. I think a lot of the reason why the student sections go intense, they're excited to be back indoors. You know, <laughs> they're cold for football. They're cold for soccer. They do their best. They support. I think they, as well as everybody else, very excited to be back indoors. So those should be some great matchups. But we will have all those highlights for you uh, on News 8, RochesterFirst.com. Our, our friends at Primetime 585 for finding the interviews. We'll have all that for you on News 8, online at RochesterFirst.com. We thank you for watching and listening to the High School Huddle. For Carl Jones, I'm AJ Feldman. Listen to us or watch us anywhere you can find your podcast online at RochesterFirst.com or YouTube. We will be back next week to preview the sectional championship games. But until then, we will see you next time. Enjoy the sectional action.